Okay, so uh, welcome everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Today we have a bit of a unique episode, which I haven't done before, but I always wanted to. And that is, uh, we are going to talk about the biggest lessons learned in 2018. And we are going to be talking about the goals that we have in 2019. And we will also be giving some recommendations as to how you can ensure that the next year will, will be productive and how to specifically improve certain areas. And it will be a more of a freestyle, free-flowing episode. It won't be extremely structured, uh, but I think it will be still very informative. So I have uh, Thomas uh, Compidel with me on the line, who have been on the channel before. So uh, Thomas, how are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Glad to be on here. You're always a very nice host. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> Trying my best. Yeah, so... Um, so yeah, maybe let's just start with kind of talking about our, our past year and how things have went. So uh, yeah, like maybe just first of all, like if you had to, uh, do you sometimes think back at your past year and think of like a descriptive uh, word for like how to describe how that year was? Like for example, for me, 2017 would have been the year of sleepless nights, stepping out of my comfort zone and growing as a person a lot. And 2016 would have been something like, the year of procrastination, being frustrated with myself, and just uh, having a lot of creative energy inside of me, uh, wanting to get to the surface, something like that. So um, how would you describe your previous year? Hmm, okay, so if I, if I had to put it very shortly, um, I would summarize it that I always have like uh, one or two big, like mostly one big focus area, and I go really hard at that area. So. For example, 2016 and, and even 17 was like really fitness focused, you know, just going um, all out with fitness stuff, uh, trying to perfect diets, trying to perfect training, really like just seeing how far I can go. Like it even went to extremes sometimes, but that's just, I think, part of the process. If you go really hard into one, uh, um, into one area, it can become, how should I say, pathological at times, like it can mm. turn on itself because um, you neglect other things. Um, like in 2017 also, um, try to, you know, choose like more in which, uh, which areas I'm really interested in work-wise and try to work on those in 2018. So for example, like, so I could say 2017 was more orienting and now 2018 was like trying to build up um, my work and like furthering my career or like uh, going uh, further in, in those directions so for example i've now found like um that i really really enjoy lecturing i really enjoy working with people like with groups of people i can be very creative there so if i have enough so if i have enough freedom to you know uh create my own content there and actually work one-on-one -on -one or even with a group of people that's very satisfying and that's something that i enjoyed also as a kid for example so i somehow rediscovered this over the last year um, because the, the years before that were really university focused just uh you know writing papers writing uh, master theses and working on experiments and um yeah, very uh, analytical, nerdier stuff. And now I'm getting more of a, how should I say, I'm rounding myself out a bit in that direction more. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have, uh, like, did you, did you manage to get a clear idea for yourself on where fitness, the fitness career really lies in your life? Because uh, you're part of um, 
the mm. Menno Hanselmans is research uh, team, uh, and you're also coaching mm -hmm. people, and then you you also have your uh, psychology related mm -hmm. career. So, did you figure that out for yourself, or this is still a bit of a soul searching? Um, well, it's always a bit of a soul searching. But so, what I've uh, got a bit clearer on over the last time was that. Um, I don't want to run, for example, a full online based business just because I need some like, you know, social stimulation in my life. So I could never work like, uh, for example, Menno is very uh, good at working alone for long periods of time. So I could not do that, for example. So if I would just strictly model Menno, that would not work for me. So um, uh, that's something that has to be taken into consideration. And I have now found that I am more trying to uh, adopt a more health-based perspective on fitness. So I pulled back on the fitness lever a lot last year. So I tried more le like less aggressive training methods and less strict training methods and, you know, see where it takes me, where it takes my body, where it takes me just from a, um, you know, balanced uh, well-being perspective and uh, how my day-to-day uh, -day mood changes because of that. And I found that... Um, if you focus too much on like just pure optimizing fitness, like I'm sure you did make that experience too, then um, you really, uh, yeah, it can really turn on itself. So it, it's not, um, the reason I started fitness was really to, you know, better myself and everything, but it became oftentimes really much uh, more like an addictive chore, you know, to do fitness. And so I don't want to go too uh, deep into, for example, like, um, my my training style, my coaching style is more holistic the the longer I'm in. So I find that a lot of people who are into fitness have some, you know, pathological sides that can be uh fixed more with a with a how should you say with an approach that is um not too extreme and focuses on a few key pillars to that they need to get right in their life. And that's what I learned also from psychology from my studies and um, I always have, um, I've put more focus on, uh, the bigger picture of the last year. So, uh, I would say that, and, uh, my future, I try to combine, like always try to combine research with, um, uh, with coaching and, and it probably will go in something like, um, an own business coupled with, uh, jobs here and there, uh, and talks and seminars that are either about health topics like meditation, mindfulness, and uh, just get general habits, but also integrating fitness into that. So uh, that would be the, the path. Yeah, right now. yeah, it's um, it's interesting. Like I, for me, it's still very much a soul searching on, on a lot of a lot of areas. But for me, it was an interesting uh, experience on a couple of fronts. So, for example, on the fitness front, I think that. Uh, now I'm I'm again in a spot where I feel like I'm more passionate about pushing the envelope a little bit more, and um, <clears throat> not so like it's mainly because there are still things that I never really tried, like I never really did, for example, a long bulk where I just allow my vent like put my vanity aside a little bit and just allow myself to get bigger and a little bit fatter, um, just like new push new body weights that I never pushed before and see how aggressively I can push training then, how much I can recover from. And I never never really did that. Like still like last year was a infinitely better than any other year before on that regard. But still like it still was like not really um it was a little bit of 
more of like a battle of starvation still, more so than a, a battle of a battle of building the best body that I can. It was it was almost, almost always a question of like how can I limit food intake as opposed to like let's not even care about that too much. Like of course keep a couple of good habits in place. But let's just not even worry about that and just train and eat as much as I feel like I need to. I never, I still never really did that. And uh, I'm just excited to finally just try it out and give that a really honest go. Okay. Um, no, th that what you just described is basically uh, uh, a bit more abstractly would be, you know, choosing a new goal or like changing, purposely changing direction and making yourself like do something that you wouldn't have been comfortable before, right? So uh, it's like a new challenge. So for example, if you have been like doing a strict style of fitness and training, it really is not pushing you outside of your comfort zone anymore. It's just, uh, you know, just habit-based and Uh, it can be like, I sometimes felt like almost, yeah, it, it almost felt like slavery sometimes if you do something just, you know, because you're used to doing it, right? So if you, if there is no conscious decision anymore, no excitement anymore. So, and that obviously has a lot of to do with your brain science. So if you do something voluntarily and you get after it and then you get the reward, it's a lot more reward. You get, you literally get more of a dopamine kick if you do that compared to if you, if someone, for example, if you go to buy a cookie and then eat it, you get a higher dopamine spike than if someone handed you a cookie and you ate it. So making your own decisions, making new decisions and then following them, like uh, it's a lot more rewarding and the process as well. So. That's what I found with, with the new breathing techniques I'm doing, for example. So it's very, very interesting to get into new sort of uh, spheres in, in fitness and in health. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, I, think, I think it's almost like I talked about this in the, in the past before, that you almost have to, like many times you, we conclude that certain things just don't work for us. And then if you really take an honest look in the mirror, you really didn't actually give it an honest try. Like you kind of gave it an honest try, but as soon as you like things got a little bit hard, you just uh, uh, jumped ship. And like as long as you're really get, like setting the conditions so that you're maximizing your chances of success, you can't really conclude anything. Um, and that's that's what I did with a lot of stuff. Like that's also what I did with with content uh, creation. Like um, I really really struggled to find a system which worked and which I could rely on for the long term. And and that's the same thing with training. And um, what you just said about the um, about career uh, paths and your need to have a, a social like element to it. It's really interesting that for me, like over time, it really kind of crystallized for me, like what is the type of work environment uh, that I can be the best at and, and what are the things that really matter for me? And like, I think everybody starts out thinking like, okay, I need to make a lot of money and I need to have like a really huge social life. Everybody wants everything. And, and like over time, it really got clear to me, like the things that are really just so much more important than other things. Like, for example, for me to be able to sort of work on my own terms and like to actually not have like a really huge social element to my work <laughs> is actually like a lot more important to me than making a certain amount of income, for instance. Like it's just been a really interesting experience. Like just the thought that I can go to the gym, uh, not at rush hour. That's for me, that's so much more important than whatever living in a really, really nice apartment, for instance. And that's just aging, you know, like uh, you, you try and you got to do something in order to recognize that. Right. So you got you go after something where you think, okay, even if it's not perfect, I just try it. And then it becomes crystal clear that, okay, uh, this and this has to be in place. Right. And uh, 
that that's why you always have to try new stuff in, in some sense, right? So you can't just uh, say, no, I'm, I'm waiting for the perfect thing, right? Which is basically a trap because you don't learn and you want to learn as much as possible so that you can like crystallize more and more what, what your core personality basically uh, like the, the old psychological ideas that you have to, you know, discover yourself more and more. I think that's very fitting. So you have to more and more get to know yourself, how far you can push yourself. Like if you, if you've never pushed yourself in your work really hard and see where your limits are, then uh, yeah, like it's it's really hard to know how much you can work, how much you should work, and you're just confused. And you see some guy working all the time, so oh, should I work all the time? And then you see some other guy just chilling all day, and uh, you, it, like nobody can ultimately tell you what you should do, right? So it's good to have models and learn from everyone, but I think you really, really have to, um, yeah, you know, make a make a judgment call. And it's also like as I said before, making your own decisions is also a lot more rewarding. So, for example. I found that um, with fitness, for example, as you said, like going to the gym on your own time, on your own terms. Um, for example, I used to always follow very, very strict programs with very strict, you know, set numbers and uh, parameters and everything. And lately I've just focused more on um, basically, for example, no. I might just have one hour left for my gym time because it got a bit late at work. So uh, whereas that would have stressed me out a year before, oh shit, I have to fit all my training in. Oh my God, it's super stressful. I have to keep up the habit, you know, and basically just like talk to myself like, uh, okay, man, you have to go now, go, go, go. I just now have a, you know, a, a plan like, for example, okay, if I don't hit priority number one, okay, what's priority, in, or like what's um, basically plan B, if I only have a half an hour, okay, just do, you know, two exercises instead of like five or six and it's all good, you know, just make it being more flexible in your you know hobbies and your goals is really important for health so if you can't do the full meditation you know don't freak out just do two minutes of breathing you know and be happy about it like make it a conscious decision and then it's really rewarding you know whereas oh i did only two minutes oh my god i must suck right so that's how you can tyrannize yourself with uh, with good habits or good intentions often right so if uh, if you said like you set out like those big goals and or even not big goals but big habits or big habit changes, and then you really uh, tyrannize yourself because you fucked up one or two times. That's you know that's obviously not going to hold in the long run because if anything big happens in your life, then yeah, you know obviously habits go good habits go often out of the uh, window and uh, old more more how should I say. Uh, more older learned habits for example for me it's always something like uh, drinking or gaming you know those things i did in my uh, in my youth they always take over a little bit when i um uh, when i have a very very stressful period i really feel like oh my god i need you know to go out more and drink something with my friends or something i need to you know go clubbing again or something or i need to you know uh those old coping habits basically get active if I'm very, very stressed. And I think it's very good to notice them. Yeah, actually what you just mentioned in the beginning about how like nobody can really tell you exactly what to do because like yeah. you, you see different yeah. models. And, and I think what I, what I came to find this year, and this may change in the future, but this is where I'm at at the moment, that like there's kind of a sweet spot between embracing and accepting some of your flaws and then striving to be better. So for example, for me, I had to just realize, I don't know if you did like some kind of a personality test at some point. Sure, uh, sure. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did uh, Jordan Peterson's personality test, and it basically came came back exactly what I expected. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not a hyper conscientious mm -hmm. person. Like, I have, and that that mainly comes down to the fact that I have a tough mm -hmm. time being uh, motivated constantly. I, I my motivation very much comes in waves, and if and mm -hmm. and then I have to be like really strategic as as to like how to push things. Uh, mm -hmm. Because I really easily get burnt out. Like if I push the envelope too more, then I burn burn out and lose motivation. And like all of us, oh, like one day I just wake up completely yeah. lethargic. Like I want to write something, nothing comes out, and honestly, I just I, yeah. I feel like a zombie. And and for me, listening to someone like Mike yeah, Matthews, yeah. who with whom I I'm, I'm going to talk to actually soon on the podcast, like him talking about his 70 80 hour work weeks it's like watching a sci-fi movie or something it's not real it's like watching i don't know hulk destroying a helicopter in an avengers movie it's like yeah that looks really cool but like what am i gonna do with that and it's the same thing when i'm listening to some of these guys that go on the joe rogan podcast and like there was this um david goggins or something like that oh yeah that's super motivating military yeah 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 but yeah. he's talking about like how he intentionally failed some military tests so that he can take it again and push himself even harder like it's like it's like what like yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. almost like it's almost like again it's watching a sci-fi movie it's like is that real or is he joking or is he serious like who who would yeah, do yeah. that like i wouldn't and and i i kind of i kind of had to accept that i'm i hope to be a lot more conscientious than what i am now and i'm always striving to be able to push myself harder but like i will never get it's almost like i'm ne i'm never going to be a ronnie coleman uh, but i can be bigger than what i am like muscle wise it's the same thing with like hard working and the amount of hours that I will be able to work. Like if I actually tried working 10 hours a day, that would actually be counterproductive. Like nothing Definitely. good would come. Like I would just produce the shittiest quality work ever. So mm -hmm. yeah, that is, that is really interesting uh, for me. So that's something else you have to consider, right? So how, how much uh, stress tolerance you have, and that varies a lot, you know, that can change over time, obviously. But for example, for a lot of people, um, it is too stressful to work I don't know, a certain amount of hours or a certain amount of, um, how should I say, complexity in their job. Like, for example, right now in my PhD um, studies, I, I also supervise some, um, some people, right, so for research. And that is, for example, very, very stressful. So if you have to keep in mind what everyone is doing, like obviously I have uh, Excel sheets and everything, but you know, to manage people and then do your own work and then have a family and everything, it can get a lot. So, so you have to really um, see how much stress tolerance you have there and either outsource it or say, no, it's too much. I can't do that anymore, that specific area and have to focus on different stuff. And uh, that's just always a, a balancing act, right? So that's what I say, like always try to push yourself, obviously, but then you'll see the limits over time. Just be aware of it, you know, just don't blindly push yourself like a dog. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that I want to touch on work-wise is that I, like, so, like some of the biggest challenges for me are, like I'm, I'm doing this podcast and I'm, I have a YouTube channel and like probably the biggest challenge for me is, so I, I would say two, like the number one is actually finding where I need to improve the most because I'm still, I will be completely honest, I'm still in a limbo as to what is the bottleneck in the content that I'm producing. Is it the fact that 
my videos, well, it's not that my videos are not high quality at all. I mainly just don't have videos. I have podcasts that I just upload to YouTube as well. Sometimes I'm thinking like, should I put the effort on trying to become more of a, like a Greg Knuckles or an Eric Helms in terms of like improving my knowledge? Mm -hmm. Or should I improve on like learning the marketing side of things, learning how to promote my work better? Because like, yeah, my podcast might not be the best out there, but it's better than most. I would say like, uh, there, there are a lot of shitty podcasts that have a lot more traction than I do. So like, is that where I should uh, place the focus on or just coming up with mm -hmm. more topics so that I can be even more consistent with the work or should I further my knowledge? That is one one big challenge which I think nobody can answer 100%. Like I can, and, and of course, like no matter who's giving you advice on this will be a little bit biased based on what they are doing. Um, and uh, and then the other big challenge for myself is kind of being authentic, like being able to own the kind of the fitness personality that I'm slowly becoming because I'm still a bit uncomfortable even calling myself like a fitness like a fitness guy you know it's like I'm always thinking about like what would be what would happen if uh like an ex high school teacher of mine who like really liked me saw what I'm doing on YouTube or something it's like he would be like oh my god Abel like this is what you're doing like this is what you become like <laughs> like we were hoping for something so much more whatever for you uh, and of course a lot of these people don't really understand that fitness is so much more than just showing off your abs um, and there's so much more to this whole thing but still like um, so that is a big challenge and actually one thing I'm considering this year is renaming my uh, YouTube channel from my name to maybe SSD or sustainable self-development or um, I actually just created a new Instagram profile, which will be uh, just about fitness stuff. So I will have my regular profile and then I will have just a, a fitness Instagram profile. That's interesting. I have a few uh, points. Like, for example, if you say uh, you're not sure how to brand yourself or what you what content you should produce. Um, I've lately read, um, like I've heard obviously of the idea of, um, of the black swan. Have you heard of it? Yeah, sure. The black swan, yeah. And uh, I've read like uh, a couple of chapters there, and the the most interesting uh, like huh, idea that uh, that obviously it's always an idea that 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 maybe I know somewhere swirls in the back of your mind, but uh, it's really re it can be really 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 hard to predict what will work or what won't work because there can be with our especially with our connected world there can be such uh, drastic changes or events that you might find that if you try a lot of stuff that one thing takes off hugely, you know, and, uh, yeah. and you really get successful with that one thing, for example. Right. So you, you see a lot of those like overnight viral things, like even Jordan Peterson is like a black swan event. Right. So kind of. he put up, he had those lectures and then he did one or two, like the interview or some key, uh, videos or so that blew off and then everything else like sort of came together. Right. So, so, the, the idea that Nassim Taleb says in his book is like, if you want to be entrepreneurial, you shouldn't think too much top down. So that's like in psychology, you have like obviously the top down processes, which would be like the higher cognitive thinking processes. Like, okay, I got to plan this. I got to do that. We know from evidence that this works and this works as well. Right. So you, you go top down, like from top to bottom, but he says you should try a lot of uh, bottom um, from from bottom to top, basically induction processes, right? So you you try lots of stuff, and then later on you see, okay, what is working, right? So you try this, you try that, you 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 try to diversify, and then once something hits or something, you everything can come together because you have like now um, you know had success in one area, and 
that that's something that just struck me very interesting because we always tend to think, okay, I should do this because this worked for that guy. And so it should work for me as well if I do that. But it's like, no, you can't predict it that well because it's constantly changing. Like, obviously, we now have the, the this winner takes it all effect with the internet, right? So there are a couple of guys who are super famous in one niche. So it might often come down to, you know, just defining what it is exactly that uh, your niche is, right? So or redefining a niche. Uh, like if you said, like, you want to fit, uh, you have, like, um, the idea that you don't want to be a fitness professional. Maybe you don't want to be the classic, you know, stereotypical fitness professional. Maybe you're sort of a philosophy meets fitness meets, you know, self-development, sort of a, a, a merger, right? So, so the nexus of fitness and I don't know, psychology and philosophy or something. That's how I would uh, see it, you know? And uh, it's very interesting. You have uh, a lot of specific clientele there that are interested. And, and, and that's always the challenge. Like, when, like how, how do you know when to pivot and when to just keep just shutting up and, and keep putting in the reps? Because, like, for example, like, I often said that I'm really proud of the fact that, like, I have a small following, but that's a very high-quality following, And I was, but at the same time, I'm not stupid. Like I'm, I'm aware of the fact that I put in like a couple of years now. I'm still like, <laughs> like other, other YouTube channels and stuff. Like they blow up to like close to a million following or, or like at least a hundred thousand, you know, like in one or two years at least. And I've like still like not even 5,000 after like a couple of years. So it's like, um, James Clear talks about it in his book, which, uh, Atomic Habits that Like if you have a garden hose and the water is not coming out well enough, then you have two options, either like uh, increase the water flow even more or actually just correct the bend in the water in the in the hose so that the water can just flow straight. So I guess like it's and you never really know like which one is the better option in certain instances. So in my case, like, is it the option that I should just fundamentally do something differently or I should just shut up and like over time? results will come because like yeah it's really yeah. hard to to predict causality right so you think you are the cause because you're not doing something right but it might just be you know hundred other factors that are influencing this right so it's really hard to you know know what who is in control right now sometimes you know? and uh, if you take too much responsibility then you might conclude okay i must suck at this and then you have to accept it and you know it's always a yeah That's why I say never get too stuck on one idea. So that's what yeah. I've learned, at least in my last years. So be flexible and see where you're good at. And don't try to force anything too long. If it doesn't work, obviously, don't be stupid. Like, yeah. Uh, now, another thing. Yeah, actually, maybe let's let's uh, talk a little bit about what we want to change in the upcoming year. So like what, what were some things that were lagging behind or could be better Um So, yeah, is there anything that comes to mind uh, for you on that front? Um, for me, very similar to what we talked before the call, uh, or what you talked to me about was um, like social interactions. For example, I have a lot of social interactions now at work where I can like nerd out basically, which is helping. But I always struggle with, uh, you know, just shutting off and doing, um, what, how, how, should, how should you call it, like, hobby activities, right? So recreational activities with friends. So I, I very much struggle to organize those because I always think, oh, it's such a waste of time or I don't want to, I don't feel like calling people. I should do something else. Um, and I have like, like, I've now set the goal that I'm going to sign up for some, for some, something that forces me to be, you know, um, more of a, 
in a more of a recreational uh, setting with other people. So and that would be something like courses here in my town where you have to meet up. For example, I don't know, like anything that interests me. Like I, I can't think of anything special now, but I, I plan to sign up for some courses there and maybe do an improv class. I've always wanted to do that. Um, and uh, more get it, how should I call it? More get into uh, my feeling side again, right? Because I've been very analytical and rational over the last years with science and research and uh, very much pushing the, the nerd, right? And now I'm trying to, you know, getting into touch with like chilling out and just uh, hanging out with friends and uh, basically just uh, my, getting my humor back up again. I've, I've found that I've lost a lot of my humor over the last years that I had before. And it's really refreshing to, you know, uh, work on that again. So on that front, it keeps me like in an equilibrium, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's actually on the social side of things. It's really interesting for me because like I'm, I'm a very, I'm a very introverted person. Like I always kind of knew that, but lately I've been kind of surprising myself just like how much of an introvert I am. And, and, like basically, I probably this is confounded by a lot of things. Like for example, if like probably a lack of confidence in certain areas plays into that, because um, like if you're really confident and really satisfied with everything that's going on for you, then it's easier to uh, to want to be social. But at the same time, it's my biggest challenge is that I I just tend to be really bored in the company of others. It, like it's really hard for me to find people that actually stimulate me intellectually and and of course like not every interaction needs to be like super intellectually stimulating sometimes you just sometimes you can just have fun with people but um at the, at the moment both are pretty tough for me and um so for me the biggest challenge will be to like increase my social activities and increase my social exposure but with, in a way that is actually satisfying because if i just commit to like okay i'm going to go out with some people at least twice a week or something that is just going to make me quit because, like, I, I'm probably just going to force myself to do something that I don't enjoy because, like, you know, I've, I have some people in my area. I met up with them here and there. And honestly, I was just bored to tears. Like, luckily, they won't hear this episode. But <laughs> it's for me, uh, I'm thinking about, and I told you this before we started recording, like, I'm probably going to go to some conferences this year. Like, I'm, like, uh, intentionally going to pick out some places where I'm going to travel and I'm going to spend a couple of days there and I'm going to network a bit and mingle. And, I mean, that's how you and I met and we're still in contact. We are doing this podcast, like, a year and a half later or something. And um, so that is one thing that I want to do and even potentially thinking about signing up for, like, an online course, which has a good social element. So when I took the, then it was called the Bayesian PT course, now it's the Hanselmann's uh, PT course, um, then I made some friendships that still last to this day. So that, that was a great uh, way to find people as well. Um, so that will be a big uh, a big challenge for me. Um, and, 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 and really, the reason why I want to improve in this area is because even though I'm an introvert and my default mode is to, like, not go out and stuff. It's always when I look back at the things that made a given year memorable. It's always it's always the social interactions, and it's always uh, the, like when I got some new encounters with some people that really stimulated me. Like it's it's always those those times which kind of put me outside of my comfort zone. But those are always the most memorable things for me. One thing I'd like to add there, if you are introvert, like I'm, I'm sort of in the middle, right? I have a, I can be alone long periods of times, but I can also be very social. So I found like I'm uh, most on personality tests. So I'm a, what would you call it? A mesovert basically. <laughs> but, uh, um, but the thing is like, if you find yourself, for example, um, 
that that's what I meant by always like uh, keep learning from what felt good or what like was the right path and not be too much in your prefrontal cortex, right? So it might be that that um, um, everything, every cell in your body is telling you, I should not go there, or I should not do this, or I should not meet with those people or something. Sometimes, at least if you made the experience already that one time you did that and you felt really good the next days and everything felt calm and you felt connected and everything, then maybe that's a sign that it's just a, a trait, like a, you know, a introverted sort of, a, your introvert, your inner introvert that is uh, basically blocking you or giving you anxiety or whatever or your limbic system telling you, oh, avoid, 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 it might be dangerous, I don't know what's going to happen or anything. Uh, and, and your prefrontal cortex is then telling you, yeah, dude, obviously it doesn't make sense, you know, you need to be stimulated and stuff. So that's what I find that I uh, sometimes, obviously I want to have interactions that stimulate me, but I can also enjoy now, like if, if I do activities that I enjoy, I don't even need to be stimulated intellectually all the time. I'm okay with, you know, being the nerdy, smarter guy often, just, um, you know, uh, hanging out still. So um, that's what I found for myself. I sometimes have the tendency to say just no up front, but uh, I, I try to force myself more to go there. And it might even be surprising that you that there are other people there who are, you know, who are really stimulating. So that's the thing. That's like, that's like the black swan event, right? So if you go into a social gathering, you do, you never know what's going to happen, right? It's a super messy, chaotic place. And if you force yourself to go in there, there are so many, you, you basically force your luck to meet new people, to meet, to open up and everything. So that's, that's about the social things and social side that I found. So sometimes you have to find a balance between pushing yourself to go somewhere and then obviously, you know, finding the balance, how much to go out and still keep, you know, like don't party all the time, obviously, but still keep balance and, you know, yeah. just find the right yeah, equilibrium again for you. Yeah, I find that when it's a combination of new people, then you then you actually never know because yeah. like there could always be someone or it, like something could always happen. Exactly. But if it's the same person and you were like bored to tears with that person like five times in a row, or the, the same few people, then it's probably true, gonna true. end the same way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's why I learned from how did you feel afterwards. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, another thing you mentioned, which is funny, like you mentioned that you found your humor kind of declining over time. Yeah. I will be honest, like I found myself kind of intellectually, like with things like my vocabulary and how easily ideas come to me, I did find myself yeah. to regress a little bit uh, over time. And and I think this mainly comes down to, I just didn't feed my mind enough. Yeah. Like um, I took a lot of things for granted because I was always the guy who, like my head was buzzing with new ideas and buzzing with mm -hmm. like interesting thoughts or at least they were interesting for me. And honestly, I didn't read that much this year in general. Like I read a book here and there, but like as soon as it got a little bit boring, I just quit it. Um, also because of the reduced uh, social interactions. I, um, yeah, I just stopped feeding my mind and I definitely feel the negative implications of that. So I definitely want to get into a reading habit. So uh, I don't have like a goal of reading a certain amount of books because I find that that that's just uh, that's just a recipe. No, I, I don't that either. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're just going to like power through books without actually learning anything from them if you do that. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and sometimes you just want to read one important chapter or like uh, read over the, the titles. That's what I do. Like if I get a book, I don't read the whole book. I think that's just uh, stupid. Like for I, I've learned in research, you, you just cannot read yeah. everything that there is, you know. It's really you have to uh, get the book and then think about the book. What's the key idea in this book or what are the key ideas? And then 
um, if you that's actually for reading, right? If you have an audiobook, you just listen to it in your car or something. But if you have a book, I always go, uh, okay, what are the titles? What kind of chapters interest me? And then I read one chapter and then think about that chapter about 10 times more than just reading and reading and reading. Like it's really important yeah. that you then connect the idea that you read there with the knowledge you already have. So I think that's far more valuable. You know, yeah, especially one page or something. Especially in the case of books where, like, often it's a 200-page book, which should have been 10, but it's just being stretched out. Exactly, exactly. Just yeah. blabbering around. <laughs> I, I actually honestly find that with certain books, like, it's, in reality, everybody hates those books. And a lot of people who recommend those books didn't even read them. But it's just, like, because everybody recommends mm -hmm. them, it just became a thing that everybody says that people should mm -hmm. read. Like, the Seven Habits of Effective People. Like, I don't know if you read that book. Yeah, of course. Of course. But, like, for me... Stephen Covey. Yeah, like, like I was like, I started reading that book like three times at least. I was like, what the hell am I reading? Like, it was like just so verbose, <laughs> like, like dry, like, oh my God, like, does anybody honestly enjoy this book? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, the same thing with um, Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant with him. Like, I know that a lot of people are going to slay for me mm -hmm. for this, but I, I tried reading that book at least six times, really? honestly. Like, I picked it, I put it down and picked it up again, and it was like, man, like, it was just like... <laughs> Listen to audiobook. Yeah. Did did you did yeah. you read that book? I, I, I listened to an audiobook of that one and uh yeah. I think yeah, you just um uh, some some things resonate more with you and some don't and you really like the most rewarding thing if you really wanna learn, like for example, we know that you don't learn if you're not like if you don't have the spark to you know learn new ideas, you won't like uh capture them, right? So if you read a book, you literally won't retain almost anything, right? So if you are willing you know, to sit down and learn and are some at least somewhat motivated to open the book, then it should be something that, you know, that makes you engage, right? Or, or where you see, okay, uh, this speaks emotionally to me and I see how this connects. So that's how I choose the things that I read. So I, I don't have like a list, okay, I'm going to read this, 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 and this. I mainly go by, okay, I read something and then, oh, this is interesting, this idea. Okay, I could look further into this and then it sort of goes basically like in research. So I, I follow the trace there that leads me down the path of, uh, of these ideas and, and I connect them then far better than, uh, than I would have otherwise if I forced myself to read like in a certain order or something. I think, but obviously it could be uh, different. Like, no, that's I think a person preference thing as well. Yeah, I, th I think that that is a good general lesson in terms of uh, kind of picking the people that you're following and kind of picking your gurus, so to speak. That, like, um, some people, like some, like the whole, like Tim Ferriss, for example. Like, I can honestly tell that he's a really smart guy, and he he had some messages which were impactful for me. But in general, like, I just don't like nothing that he's saying really resonates with me in general, and and that is because. His target audience and his his personality in general probably as well is just a very diff different type of person than I am. Like he's – I think a lot of the messages that he's putting out is about for really highly ambitious and in general already pretty successful people who are trying to find a bit of some balance and try to turn off that in internal voice that is always pushing them to like work 80 hours a week. Like – I like it could not be further from where I am right now. I, I need a person who like is talking about how to actually get to that place where that could become a problem in the first place. And, and, and the same thing with books. So yeah, um, cool. Uh, any kind of um, fitness goals for you 
Right. Fitness goals. So um, I always play with the idea of doing a competition. Like I always wanted to do a powerlifting competition, but mm -hmm. I had a hamstring issue that now is better, but still always gives me uh, some headaches whenever I go heavy on deadlifts, like squats are better. But I really wanted to do a powerlifting competition, uh, at least maybe maybe the year afterwards, like 2020. Um, and then I would go into the, what's it, the 93 kilo class. So I would have to diet down for that. But over the next year, I just plan to um, uh, have it like, yeah, similar to the year before, I was really happy where I ended up with, uh, with my fitness. I, whenever I feel like I have a very stress-free period, I go harder with my fitness. You know, I try to go for more PR, so I do more volume. And then auto-regulate it back a lot when I'm... Uh, you know, busy with other stuff. So basically, even more so focusing on a, what you call it, ad libitum training method. <laughs> right, so whenever I feel I go hard, whenever I don't feel it, I, I'm not concerned if I miss a day or two at the gym. And similar with nutrition. That's my, uh, my very, how should I say, lenient, just uh, relaxed approach next year or this year. Yeah, I, for myself, uh, this year, I very much uh, plan on prioritizing sleep a lot. It's not that I didn't prioritize it uh, so far, but like it's more so just trying to solve this kind of chronic lifelong sleeping, like on and off sleeping problems that I had, which mainly just comes come down to, well, there are some simple issues, like sometimes just consuming stimulants too late in the day. But but in other times, like it's uh, it mainly just comes down to not being able to calm my mind. Um, like many times, literally the only thing that keeps me up is just the fear of what what if I don't manage to fall asleep, which just, you know, like that's that's a not, not a very good recipe for getting good night's sleep um, or even falling asleep. So uh, that that like just managing to solve that problem as much as I can. Um, and then, yeah, again, just uh, hitting a new kind of body weight PR. Like actually my goal is to um, my goal is to go over 90 kilos, which I haven't done mm -hmm. in a really long time. Over the course of like the next two or three months, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, honestly, how tall are you? I'm uh, six foot, almost exactly, like uh, just okay. a hair over six okay. foot. But, but I'm pr like pretty light boned, so that's the thing. Like, um, <laughs> okay. so light yeah, so like the first time I cut down to eight percent body fat, I was like seventy five kilos, oh. and yeah. yeah, so yeah, I my my brother same height as me, and he's always like ten kilos heavier than I am. Like, so for him, ninety kilos would be a pretty good look. So that is that is one one big goal for myself, and I don't really have any kind of goals in terms of like strength goals and uh, hitting certain PRs. Honestly, I'm just focusing on getting in a certain amount of uh, effective reps in each workout, like just having hard sets uh, and doing enough of them over time, because that's really that that is what stimulates uh, growth, and then PRs are kind of just a side effect. Um, yeah, true. I have a similar mindset now, so I. Don't worry too much about PRs. I just worry about, you know, making it as challenging as possible in that moment. So in that workout, for example. So uh, Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about, like, what do you think is about a good way of uh, setting goals for, like, um, I guess, like, there is nothing magical about the new year, but it's always a nice, nice thing to reflect on your previous year at the end of the year and then setting some new goals. So, like, how do you think is the best way to go about this? Uh, do you have any kind of strategy that you develop for yourself, maybe? 
Um, well, I do think like many people bash on New Year's resolutions, but I think like a new year can be like psychologically a good structure to a new sort of episode in your life or a new event, like new period. And um, well, I always have mixed goals. So for example, like you talked about um, the downfall, the pitfalls of setting like, uh, how would you call them, external goals, like performance goals, like earning 40K this year or something. Um, I always have a mix of like, okay, I, I have some sort of um, external goal. Like, for example, if it would be fitness-wise, I would say, okay, get to around 10% body fat or something. But I uh, also have then stronger, even stronger procedural goals, so habit goals. And I don't tyrannize myself with either of them. So uh, if I don't reach the 40K or the 10% body fat, I don't, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I... Oh, how should you call it? Like, if I don't reach it in a certain time period, I'm not a failure. I just have it more of, more sort of to, to aim to, towards something. And then I focus on the habits-based stuff in a sort of, uh, how, I, how I said before, in a sort of a hierarchical manner. Because I know my life can be very hectic with family life and everything. So that if I don't get the habit perfect on, on a given day or week, I just um, try to do it imperfectly just uh, do something along the line right and i found that i'm i can be still happy and progress towards something even if i'm not perfectly following that and i always have the tendency to do to do too much to set too many goals and to do too much at once which also can burn you out obviously and you get less done than if you were just focus a little bit on fewer things right ironically um so it's yeah it's always a mix between uh still trying to develop habits and also in the other direction um, get less and less stuck on old bad habits right so I found that over the years I my bad habits like procrastination in certain areas or you know unhealthy behaviors of some kind they get less and less over the years so for example where a couple of weeks of, of bad, I don't know, bad sleep or, um, or drinking or something are always some that, uh, that come up for me at some point during the year. They became just less and less over the years. So I'm happy with that progress as well. So less negative, um, basically doing stupid stuff in your life. I think that's very valuable too. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I very much agree in that, um, for, for me, like really the priority is going to be just uh, committing to some small things that, I, that I'm sure that at least I can keep those up. Because like if, if I just um, – honestly, like over the past six years, if I just accomplish like 10% of all the things that I set up for myself, which were like some of them were like really big commitments, then I would be like, oh my gosh, I would be in, a, in an amazing place right now. Uh, but like I just committed to things which I couldn't even keep up at times for like even like one or two days. Like, um, I many times committed to morning routines, which were like really ambitious. No, exactly. That's the same. Like you cannot say I'm committing to a 50 minute morning routine when you have like, I don't know, when you have a kid that sometimes wakes up earlier or something, then, oh my God, I can't get my morning routine in. Like I, I could not do that. Right. So I have to be very, very flexible in, in my approach there. So, um, yeah, that's very a very important part to be mentally flexible about your goals and not be too strict about your goal. A goal like is is just more of a, okay, you set a goal, but don't take it too seriously. Like don't don't make it your master that that you know 
that takes over your life. So that's what I've learned about goals. You know, just have like a direction, and then it motivates you. But like, if if you don't, if you cannot keep up, you know, it's okay to, you know, make it more flexible and, and change the deadline or change the the outlook or make it more realistic or context um, aware, for example. So yes, for for me, like one of the biggest things is to like I said in the beginning, embrace some of the weaknesses that I have. And, and so for example, I know, like, I know that I'm, I'm not a hyper conscientious person. And I know that I'm not a really positive person. And for me, it's really important to like work with that and to find systems, which like basically can correct for those little weaknesses of mine. Like I'm never just going to magically transform into a super positive person. So for me, having a small routine, like a gratitude routine every day, like something really simple, but like each morning uh, writing down, for example, one thing, I really like Tim Ferriss's recommendation, which is like you practice gratefulness in four different categories. And one of them, I think, is uh, one, opportunity that the, one opportunity that you have that day. The other one is one great thing that happened yesterday. Then one person that you're grateful for in the past. And then the fourth one is something s- trivial and simple that is near you. And... Yeah, and that kind of prevents you from going on autopilot. And um, yeah, that's really cool. So something like that, or at the end of the day, just writing down three great things that happened that day. Um, like that is, it's almost like when you have a knee injury or something, and then your training is al- almost always tweaked so that it uh, takes that into account. It's kind of the same thing for me in terms of um, just managing my mental health. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gratefulness is a big thing. Like I've read like a book recently where... Yeah, brain science book talk about gratefulness and the thing about gratefulness is even if you don't have something to be grateful for right now so for example if you, if you can't come up with with something or it, it's too you know it's too uh, casual or you, you you don't feel like you know oh I, I don't really nothing comes to mind even the state of looking for something grateful is restorative in itself because it activates the same circuitry so that's something very interesting and we know that for example um, it's really bad if you want to be grateful to, yeah, to compare your circumstances with someone poorer, for example. So it's bad to say, I'm grateful that I have a house because many people don't have a house because that's a sort of an ego-driven goal, right? So um, um, and not, not actual gratefulness. So actual gratefulness would just be you know, present, I don't know, appreciating the warm air just for the sake of it or just enjoying the day and being grateful for that. Sort yeah. of a, more of a spiritual gratefulness, I could say. And uh, that's, yeah, I, do, I try to do that too. And uh, a lot of meditation helps. And I also watch like uh, humorous YouTube videos often before I go to sleep. That's, uh, it's also backed by science that that releases more serotonin. So <laughs> it's also if you want a scientific reason to watch YouTube videos, you are allowed. <laughs> An interesting thing that I kind of want to get around is that uh, at night when I go to sleep, often, like, often I get so caught up in the things that I want to do that um, like for example I'm trying to work on something and then I kind of just get burnt out on it in the process I get bored and I just want to quit doing it then I don't know I want to go to the gym and as I'm going to the gym and I start listening to a podcast or something all of a sudden I get this crazy like clarity of mind and just get like this bird's eye perspective on what I'm doing and why it's important for me and then I have this kind of anxiety mixed with uh, just really high motivation level and just I just want to get back to work and often this kind of hits me before I would fall asleep, I guess, because that's just the time when you're reflecting on your whole day. And then, of course, like I'm trying to get anxious uh, at the wrong time. And if I just and I have the sense of urgency and the necessity 
uh, level at the wrong time. And if I could just summon the same kind of uh, clarity of mind and sense of urgency when it's actually time to work, that would be so much better. So it's an interesting one that I still don't really know how to get around. Um, maybe just taking more breaks uh, during work. And um, Well, yeah, one thing I've learned, for example, that really helps uh, de-stress my brain, if I have lots of things, or if I'm working or doing anything, actually, and the thought comes up that might be interesting, I immediately send an email to myself. Not even put it on a to-do list or think about it more. Just send an email to myself, uh, I don't know, think about or sign up for a course or something or um, implement this and this project in mm. your, I don't know, work or something. Just to, get it, just to get it out of the head. Like, you don't know how unconsciously it affects you later on. So um, that's what I've learned. Because if you try to keep everything in your mind and, okay, this, okay, okay, I'm going to do that, blah, 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 it can really, you know, uh, for me, I felt it can subconsciously stress you later on. Uh, and yeah. literally getting it out there the moment it arises helps a lot. Um, and and then, obviously, the next day you work on the email list, basically. I always work on my email, so I have a list in front of me, and then I put it on the to-do, or, you know, I can get more anxious or more motivated about it. So that's what helped for me. But obviously, yeah, it's really hard to control your energy levels and your motivation in that sense. Yeah, so... Um yeah, I think we basically covered everything. Uh, yeah. Yeah, almost at the hour mark. <laughs> we covered everything, yeah. God and the world. Cool. So, uh, yeah, all in all, uh, I guess we wish everybody a successful uh, 2019. And, yeah, hopefully this was informative. It was a bit rambly and we were a bit all over the place, but I think we covered a lot of Very cool stuff. Very philosophical. Yeah, but we covered a lot of yeah. cool stuff. So. But sometimes it's needed. Yeah, that's yeah. I think too. Awesome. So Abel, have a great time. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, you too. And talk soon. Yeah, talk soon. Uh, do you want to let people know uh, where they can find you? Well, if people want to find me, they can go to my website, which is campidelcoaching.com. I'm not very active there anymore because I'm more focused on university stuff right now. But I am in the works for the German followers uh, for a, sort of a German uh, course, which I'm not going to get too much information out what it is about but uh it's going to be interesting so over the next year i'm working on that and you can also follow me on instagram campidel coaching same uh, hashtag or the same um, name tag and yeah i wish everyone a happy new year and yeah try to stay balanced and have a good outlook in life and yeah that's my message for today <laughs> Hey guys, if you enjoyed this episode, there is something I'd like to let you know about, which is something I've been working on for a while and will become available relatively soon, probably around the end of January. And it is my very first course on ad libitum dieting, or in other words, eating without tracking macros. This is something I talked about on the podcast a lot. And since this way of eating is something that simply put has changed my life and the way I operate on my fitness journey, I decided to put everything I learned about this over the years into one comprehensive course. So I would just like to let you know about this and further details about this will be announced on the channel very soon. All right, hope you had a fun time listening. And with that, see you next time.